Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Praise God. Good evening. This is a, a tremendous honor for me to be here. Uh, and to run into some old friends, they're as old as I am, I guess. <laughs> but we knew Pastor Duane and his precious wife. We met them in Mexico many years ago when we were trying to be missionaries. We were wannabe missionaries in Mexico in 1978. And uh, we didn't last but four months. But uh, during that time, we had quite an quite a issue. And my uh, wife was expecting, we didn't know that when we went to Mexico, but she, it turns out she was expecting. Uh, we had just been married a few months. I don't know how that happens anyway. Yeah. We, uh, but uh, she had severe complications. I won't go into all that, but we, I had to rush her to a doctor and they ran tests, sonograms and what have you. And, and uh, I took her home and the next day I went back for the results and the doctor came in and he looked at the sonogram and the different things, and he said, his exact words were, the fetus is dead. He said, there's no heartbeat, the sac has collapsed, it's, it will pass naturally within a day or two, and if not, you know, we'll, we'll do something else. And just inside of me came this no. The Spirit of God just said no. I had already named the fetus, so I was going to stick with that. And so I went home and Betty Kay said, what, uh, what did the doctor say? And I said, uh, he said, just stay in bed and everything will be okay. I was quoting Dr. Jesus, but uh, <laughs> we didn't go back to the other one. But we, Dwayne and Jeannie came over, or at least Dwayne did. I don't remember all the details now, but Dwayne came to our little apartment. We're in Guadalajara, Mexico, and, and uh, he came to pray for her. And Betty Kay was in bed, and he prayed for Betty Kay, and she remembers to this day that something moved when he prayed. Praise God. And so the fetus is now 44 years old and uh, doing well. He, he was born two weeks late, but uh, I... Perhaps he was raised from the dead. Praise God. Wow. And uh, anyway, then we got to see them one more time in 1979. They came through Texas on their way, to, I guess, to Michigan and uh, stopped at our, our apartment for one night. And that was 1979. So I haven't seen them again until last night. And we had dinner together. And uh, so it's good to meet and see what God has done with their lives and what God has done with our lives. And uh, Man, God is so good. I am an instructor at Karis Bible College. I've been there uh, with Andrew Womack Ministries. I've been there for 16 years. And uh, before that, a missionary for 12 years in Chile. We ended up in Chile, Guatemala and Chile. And uh, so anyway, we have a long story, but that's not why I'm here. But I just wanted you to know about that uh, time that, uh, yes, your pastor prayed for a dead baby and it lived. Amen. That's good. Amen. Praise God. So uh, I appreciate you being here. I'm really looking forward to sharing the word with you. Let me get oriented to the clock and everything. Okay. 
uh, see where I am. Uh, I want to I talk to you about freedom. And it's just something that's been on my heart a lot lately. It keeps coming back as a theme in my life because I have uh, been through some things to where I realized I wasn't free. I thought I was, theologically I was, but in my experience and in my mind and sometimes in my heart, I wasn't completely free. There's a verse in John 8.36, well known, John 8.36 says, therefore if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And when I look around at many church-going people, I don't see that. And I'm wondering what, what the problem is. Because let, let me give you a couple of stories. This kind of began actually back in Chile. Uh, many years ago, we, we would, back in the 90s, we had a little toy, toy poodle, uh, a real man dog. And, uh, and we would go to this huge, huge park up in the, up in the mountains. And there was a field of grass, beautiful grass, and it was at least two football fields worth. It was huge. And we'd take our little poodle out there and frisbees and baseballs and what have you. But the dog would just take off. And she would just run and run. She's a little thing, but she would just run and run so fast she would start rolling over. And then she'd turn around and run back to us. And, we, and she just was having the time of her life. And then something got birthed in me when I saw that. Why is this dog so happy? And then a few years ago, my, my son Daniel got married. It's, I, don't, I forget, it's about a few years back, eight, nine years. And he got married at, at uh, Karis Bible College in the banquet hall. And they had many of the chairs cleared away, so there was a huge expanse of carpet. And other of my grandchildren were there. And what do kids do when they see a huge open banquet hall of carpet? they start running and they start squealing and they start falling down and they start getting up and they, st and I just, that thing was rekindled in me. They're just like my dog, you know? <laughs> what is it that's going on in this, in this environment? And I, it dawned on me, they feel free. They're free to express themselves. They're free to run. They're free to enjoy and just do whatever. There are no limitations in a giant field or in a giant banquet hall and for a child who doesn't care what anybody thinks, they're free from your opinion and they are free to run and they're free to have a good time. And that just, I, I have just been meditating on that for so long and, and wondering what is it that keeps us from being free? In 2019, I was studying heaven and I was just going through verses about eternal life and heaven and what's it going to be like. And I just was really meditating on those things. And one night I was watching a, a TV show from the 80s. And I turned it on. And in the TV show, the, one of the actors gets killed. And the in the next scene, immediately he's on the ground. And then immediately the next scene, he's walking down a beach. Totally. And at this point, the spirit of God came alive inside of me because I've watched that scene again later and it did nothing for me. But this time God was speaking to me. And what I saw was somebody walking down the beach just absolutely carefree with a giant smile, happy, no worries. And, and the spirit just began to show me no fear, no worries, no care for provision. Provision is, going, is there, it's, it's forever. Absolutely free total peace, total joy. And I saw that and in the spirit, and I said, Lord, I want that. 
And he said, Barry, you can live that way right now. You don't have to wait for heaven. You can be free now. And I thought about the kids in the banquet hall, and I thought about the dog, and I thought about, then I thought about church. <laughs> and a lot of churches, you don't see free people. Religion has done a job on a lot of people and left them so bound up that if you even tried to express what freedom is, I don't know that they would even understand. And so I have been on a quest. And right after that vision, a few months after that vision, I was uh, ambushed with cancer. And I was told I had, at, at first I had two days to live. And then they were going to save my life immediately. And then, but anyway, I still was going to die. There was nothing they could do. I had a huge tumor on my pancreas and all kinds of stuff going on. And the doctor comes in and he says to me, uh, I don't know if you're a man, he looked at all my results, he says, I don't know if you're a man that likes to make plans, but Mr. Bennett, you need to make some plans. You need to get your affairs in order. I, I, I was preaching the day before. And I'm going to go through the whole thing, but now I'm in the hospital told I'm going to die, and perhaps within days. That was shocking. But I had this vision, this revelation of, of heaven and of freedom and of total peace and joy. I was so glad I had that. Right after the doctor said, get your affairs in order, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, Barry, you will not die from this. I said, okay, I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> okay. And it was a year-long battle, but uh, I'm free. And so what I, want to, what, I, what I want to impart to you is that wherever you are right now, there's more freedom still for you. And I'm still, I'm still exploring and discovering more freedoms, and I'm getting free. And I want to go through some things with you and just try to encourage you in this, in this area. Is that, is that good? Is that okay? Amen. All right. So Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim liberty to the captives. God's heart from the moment that Adam and Eve submitted to captivity is what they did when they chose independence from God and they became captives of their flesh and captives of their fallen emotions and of fear and, and then the world is corrupt because of them. And so the captivity began in the Garden of Eden. And Jesus' heart was to come and set the captives free. It's important that we know God's heart. He is the, he is the God of pressed down, shaken together, running over exceedingly abundantly, more than you can ask or think. He is the God of love and blessing. He wants to set the captives free. I want that deal. I don't want to be bound by anything. Anything that is, and I'm speaking not in terms of moral right and wrong, but I'm speaking in terms of religious bondage or human bondage, fear, sickness. I don't want to be bound. I want to be free. Because who the Son says free is free indeed. And yet I knew, I could tell, I'm not totally free. And so I'm on this quest with, for freedom. It says in uh, Romans 15, 29, Romans 15, 29, it says, but I know, Paul speaking, when I come to you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And that, that jumped off the page at me one day. And I thought, the fullness of the blessing. So 
Somebody could come with half the fullness or three quarters of the fullness, but Paul is wanting to come with the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. And I thought, what does that mean? But he, he, if the son sets you free, you're free. So God has a heart for freedom. And Paul says this gospel has a blessing in it. It's not putting you into more bondage or switching one kind of bondage for another bondage. The blessing is to, the, the gospel is to be a blessing. And there's a half full blessing and there's three quarters full blessing, but I want the full blessing. What's the fullness of the blessing of the gospel? Maybe it has something to do with joy. Amen? The joy of the Lord is your strength. I tell this story a lot. It's, it, it just was so funny to me that I was at a church once and there was a prayer meeting before the service. And uh, I had just happened to get there as the prayer meeting was letting out. And people were filing out of this prayer meeting. And literally, they all looked like they had been sucking lemons. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I know who wasn't there. <laughs> because in his presence is fullness of joy. That's freedom. How many of you would like to be joyful every day? Amen. That's freedom. Why not? Well, because you know, brother, my this and that, and I don't have this, and this is going wrong. What has that got to do with the joy of the Lord? Don't base your peace and your joy on circumstances. Be free in spite of the circumstances. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. There's a blessing in the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So I want to go through some things with you here. Let's, let's look at uh, Isaiah 54, 14. Isaiah 54, 14 says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. What's the first thing that happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned? They were afraid and hid themselves. We will be established. They lost their righteousness, but we are established in righteousness. We are a new creation. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Thus, as a result, we should be free from fear. We should be free from terror. And yet, how many Christians spend all their time in front of the TV watching the news and just filling themselves with fear? Christians. I know because I, get, I communicate with a lot of people. And they're terrified of what's going on in the world. And I'm not. I refuse. I understand. I can see headlines. I can know things aren't good. I, I get that, but I'm not going to feed myself on that because I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. And I will be free from fear. And you need to be free from fear. And whoever the president is, Jesus is still Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We should be free from fear, free from oppression. We should be free from worry. Matthew 6, 31 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these you can be free from that. You can be free from plotting and planning and thinking and worrying and stressing over every little thing. What the next what Philippians 4:19 says, "And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches, not just to his barely get by, but his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. One of the biggest things in my life that has changed in the last years 
is I've decided to make God my source. And you're th just now, Barry? Well, I thought theologically that way. But there's a difference between what you think theologically and what you believe in your heart. And I realized a lot of times I was my source until I, I, I got this breakthrough and I thought, no, I, God is my source. I, I refuse to worry about anything. That's a choice I've, I've made. I am not going to worry about anything. And in that freedom, the abundance of God has just bubbled up in our lives. And we are so blessed. But it took me making a choice in my heart, not just my theology, but in my heart to make him my source. He's the source of everything in, in my life. I did a message yesterday at Karis about do you enjoy God? And it's kind of similar to what I'm talking about here, but so many Christians don't enjoy God. We were created to walk and talk with God. Adam and Eve had that opportunity. I don't think they ever did because I think if they had ever known God, they would never have listened to a snake. And so I have my doubts about if they had ever done that, but that was God's intention to walk and talk with them. Can you imagine? Well, do you know what? You can do that now. If you're born again and if he lives in you, you can walk and talk with God and should be every day. And he is your source. And when you talk to your source, you know you have no fear, no worry. Why are you worrying? Haven't you talked to your source lately? What are you afraid of? Aren't you in fellowship with your source? This is so key. It's been so key for me. When I saw that revelation of the beach, which I didn't mind that part at all, uh, I saw a guy on the beach absolutely free. Didn't even know he was dead. He had passed on to the next life on, in TV terms, okay? But he was free, just no way, I could just sense the weight had lifted, the pressure had lifted. He was absolutely joyful, happy. When I saw that, I thought, okay, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. And then I went through my battle, and when I came out the other side of that, I thought, the rest of my life, this is what I've, I've discovered, is I used to play video games with my kids when they were small, and when you have score enough points and your character gets knocked off or whatever, you get a bonus life, right? I got a bonus life. Uh, it's not based on points, but I got a bonus life. And I'm just, I've decided this bonus life that I'm living right now, that I've been living for the past three and a half years, I am going to go for it. I'm going for it. I want, I'm going to be free. God is my source. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. And that attitude has opened the floodgates of blessing. It's the attitude that shuts the flow of grace in your life. Fear is going to shut the flow of grace. Worry and oppression and all of these things that we, we deal with as humans, and I understand this, but still know that the more you fear, the more you worry, the more you are calculating, and what am I going to do here, and what am I going to do there? You're shutting down the flow of God's grace. And I don't want to do that. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, he is able to make all grace and I'm thinking, and people ask me this all the time, well, I thought we were already living in all grace. Theologically, yeah, but are you? Are you? You can have all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things will have an abundance for every good work. I sign up for that, but I have to make God my source. 
I have, not just in my head, but in my heart, I have to walk and talk with him and have God as the, the center of my life. So freedom from doubt, freedom from need. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Let's do another one. Freedom from sickness. There are many, many verses on this, but Luke 13, 12. When Jesus saw her, the woman bowed over for so many years, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed. You are loosed from your infirmity. What does loosed mean? What's the opposite of loosed? It's a good thing to be loosed. Amen? You are loosed from your infirmity. God wants his people well. God has healing for all of us. It's already done. It's a done deal by his stripes. We were healed. I have a book on healing if you're interested. I didn't bring any books with me. I let Amazon do that. Uh, but I, if you are interested, I have a, he, he healed them all. I have another book, um, Shaping Your Future. Another book, Hearing God. And another book, Did God Do This to Me? Uh, so they're available if you're interested. But healing is, it should be just standard operating procedure in the body of Christ. Why does James ask, is any among you sick? And today the question is, is there anybody here that's not sick? Because we're not free. We haven't accepted the freedom and we have turned it into this huge issue about maybe it's from God. Maybe God wants me sick. That's not freedom. Even thinking that way, that's captivity, that's bondage. God wants you well. Why? Because he gets glory when you're doing well, when you're healthy, when you're whole, when you're blessed. That's what glorifies God. And people say, well, maybe I'm sick for his glory. I don't see anybody glorifying God because you're sick. They glorify God when you get well. Everybody here was happy when I shared the story of my, my boy being raised from the dead. Why? Because that glorifies God. Being dead doesn't glorify God, nor does being sick. You can be free from sickness when you begin to see sickness as bondage, when you begin to see sickness as an enemy, when you understand that it's a curse, that it's not from God, and you can fight it with all your faith and with all the word of God, and you, you I'm, I'm not going to do this. I will live and not die. That's what God said to me. So I said, okay, I sign up for that. Now, I had a battle, but I, here I am. This, it's like, and I tell the story in my healing course at school that I had a friend at work once when I was in Dallas that uh, his, he left his little girls with their in-laws during the day while he and his wife worked, and then they'd pick them up. And so one afternoon on a Saturday or something like that, the, the in-law, mother-in-law said to her husband, I want to rearrange the furniture or something. So he lifted the couch. It's the same, it's the couch where the little girls would take a nap every day. He lifted up the couch and he heard... This is in Plano, Texas. This is not out in the sticks. And he put the couch down and he ran into the garage and came back with implements of death. <laughs> and he lifted up the couch again and killed a four foot long rattlesnake. They took a picture and showed it to me. Four foot long rattlesnake living in the house under the couch where the little girls took naps. And they thought, you know, our cats have been acting kind of strange lately. <laughs> but he, here's the thing. He didn't pray about killing the snake. He didn't say, oh, Lord, is this your will? Did you want me to have a snake? 
He didn't have to pray about it because it was a snake. Sickness is a snake. Don't try to figure out a theology to accommodate it. Be free. Kill it. You don't wall off the living room. You have guests come over and you have plywood over the living room entrance. And you know, what's up with that? Well, we don't go in there anymore. But that's what people do with their bodies. Well, I can't do that anymore. You're letting the snake live. Get angry. Be free to get angry at the curse and curse the curse. Praise God. Be free from that. Amen. Can I keep going? Freedom from poverty. Attack this the same way you would attack a snake. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Look that up in the Greek. You want to know what it means, those words mean poor and rich? They mean poor and rich. <laughs> I, the religious mind freaks out over that. That's why, because they aren't free. Did God create Adam and Eve to be poor? Or they had the expanse of creation and they were to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and they weren't going to ever lack a thing. They had, there was abundance on every side. I want to be free from the curse of poverty. Everything that creates poverty is wrong. God hates it. Laziness creates poverty. Sin creates poverty. Ignorance creates poverty. Injustice creates poverty. Sickness creates poverty. God hates all of those. God is against poverty. But prosperity has to start on your inside. When I teach this subject, I, I teach, you, you get, if you don't like poverty, you need to get unborn again. Uh, I mean, if you don't like prosperity, you need to get unborn again tonight. We can have an altar call and you can get unborn again and you can move on to your poverty life. But when you got born again, you move from death to life and from darkness to light. That's prosperity. That's spiritual prosperity. The spirit of God lives in you. You're one with him. You're seated with him in heavenly places. And then you begin to move into the, the, the fruit of the spirit and you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. That's prosperity. You have his joy. You have his peace. You have his faith. You have his authority. You have everything that God is inside of you. That's prosperity. And then you get your mind renewed to everything I just said. You get not conformed to this world, which is poverty, but you get transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's prosperity of mind. And then you get healed. That's prosperity of body. Amen. And then your relationships, your marriage gets healed and restored. That's prosperity of relationships. So when people say, I don't like that prosperity message, I don't understand that because everything about God is prosperity. And then you move into the realm of resources and God wants you to have more than enough to do what he wants you to do with generosity and with cheerfulness. He loves a cheerful giver. Why? Because God is a God of increase. God is a God of multiplication. And we need to be free to be prosperous. That took me some time because I was programmed to be a missionary and missionaries are poor. That was how I was, somehow got that into me that missionaries shouldn't expect anything. And so I didn't have anything. And we went for many years as, as in poverty on the mission field. I don't know why my wife stuck with me. I, I'm blessed, <laughs> but uh, we lived in an adobe house with no running water. We lived in an attic over a shoe factory with rats. We've, we've lived in some pretty cool places and uh, make for great stories, but it was a curse. Cur I don't want that curse. 
How many want to be free from the curse of poverty? Poverty of thinking, poverty of emotions, poverty in your relationships, poverty in your body, poverty in your resources. I've gotten so free. Now, I'm gonna, I don't, I, this should be a prosperous group. You should, you should be on the same page with me. I hope so. But when I was in my sick year fighting cancer, I got a vision of what I'm talking about. I am going to prosper, and I'm going to bless my wife, and I am going to do things we've never done before, and I'm going to quit counting the money, and I'm going to quit budgeting all of this stuff. I'm just going to do it. And I told her, I said, we're going to have a blowout Christmas because we miss Christmas because of COVID and because of cancer, the two big C's, okay? <laughs> Didn't get to do anything with the kids or the grandkids. And so I said, next Christmas, it's going to be big. I, I bought a new Christmas tree. I bought a new train set in the village. And I, I just, I'm going for it, okay? And, and then I said, and we're going to take a vacation. And we're going to take a, a Jesse Duplantis vacation. And <laughs> we're, I'm going for it. And so we've had two since then, and I, but I've envisioned them in my heart, and I dare to believe because I'm free to believe. I'm free to see. And so we, I said, I'm going to get the best hotel on the beach in this certain city, and we're going to, and I did. And, I, and when we got there, they even upgraded me without me even asking. So praise God. And when we were done, and we ate at the best restaurants, and we ate the most expensive stuff, and it's just, I didn't care. God is my source. I'm free. And I'm doing this because of that stupid dog running through the field. <laughs> Why is that dog so happy? And the kids running around, and I'm, freedom is a good thing. And I, I'm tired of being bound. And we so enjoyed our vacation. I'm already planning the next one. And God is my source, and he has provided. Freedom is a wonderful thing, folks. Freedom from fear, freedom from worry, freedom from sickness, freedom from poverty, freedom from a poverty mindset. Are you free? Are you free? I, I'm probably talking to somebody here because I, was, I wasn't free just that, not that very long ago. I was a good person. I was doing good things. I've been in the ministry decades. God's blessed me in other ways and many things, but I could see there were still bondages. There were still chains. And I'm busting through them. I'm busting through them. Amen. You can too. Freedom from bitterness and offense. Matthew 5, 44. But I say to you, Jesus speaking, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Freedom includes you getting over your bitterness. If you're bitter, you're not free. If you're unforgiving, you're not free. If you have hurt feelings, you're not free. And one of the most freeing things is to be able to not care what people think and not get hurt when they say something ugly. And I, have, I got ugly letters while I'm in the hospital. Can't believe you went to the hospital, Barry. I thought you believed in healing. Well, I didn't need to hear that. You know, I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> I mean, I had a word from God, but still there was a process there. I've had miracle healing. I prefer that. I got up off a pre-op table once and walked out of the hospital. When, I, when they told me what they were going to do, I said, no. That same no that came up in for, for my son. 
No. I have told them to unplug me and let me go. I've done that. I know what that is. This time I didn't get that word. But I don't need negativity. But people were writing me this negative stuff. And every, even when you're in the ministry, not everybody loves you. It's strange, I know. But <laughs> people write you letters or send you messages or whatever. And you know what? I don't care because now I see them. I'm free. They aren't. And that's why they're lashing out. That's why they're... They don't have his peace. He's not their source. They don't know the joy of the Lord. That's why they're lashing out. So now I can have compassion and I can pray for those who send those ugly letters. God bless them, man. Set them free. Let them see what they're missing. And I don't have to get revenge and have to be bitter because I'm free. Having freedom in relationships is so powerful. When nothing bothers you, when somebody could say the most ugly thing to you and you don't care, that's freedom. And don't feel like you have to puff up and defend yourself and I'll show them and prove yourself right. I'm free from that. I used to be very good at debating. I would go into Spanish Christian chat rooms and uh, my excuse was I was trying to keep my Spanish up, but actually I just like fighting. And, uh, and I would... Uh, I would do debate, I would start a, a forum on healing because I knew that was, and it did, it would stir everybody up. Everybody hated me in these chat rooms. I've been excused from two chat rooms. <laughs> but it's religious people that don't have freedom. They won't even entertain the idea of, of healing. What bondage, but I used to just go back and forth. Rah, 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 rah. Now I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to let anything stop my 100-mile-an-hour journey into freedom. I'm not letting anybody stop me. I'm free. This is so exciting. It's made my relationship with God so rich, so deep, so different than it was before. And it wasn't like I didn't have one before, but I just began to realize I'm not free. I'm bound up with people's opinions. I'm bound up with poverty. I'm bound up with this. I'm bound up with that. I'm free in a sense. I, you know, there's, but I don't want a sense. I want the whole thing. I want the whole thing. I want to be free. Praise God. Freedom from guilt. This is huge. Hebrews 10.22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. A true heart in full assurance. So many are always dealing with the bondage of guilt, with self-condemnation. If you only knew what I did, God knows what you did. He still loves you anyway. God knows what I've done. He still loves me anyway. I tell the students at school, I don't do guilt. I will recognize mistakes and I'll do what I need to do if I need to do something to make it right. But I'm not doing guilt. I go before the throne of grace. I go, and because one second wasted in guilt is a second of your life you'll never get back. It's, that's bondage. It's not that I have a seared conscience. It's not that I don't care what I do. It's not that at all. It's just that I recognize mistakes. I go to God. Father, I screwed up. I am sorry, but I'm moving on. And his mercies are new how often? Every morning. And I, I, I amplify that. Now, this is, a, this is me. But if they're new every morning, they're new every afternoon, every evening. And then I just took it on down to they're new every second. Because God doesn't get old. His mercy doesn't get old. His grace doesn't get old. His provision doesn't get old. Nothing gets old about God. His love never gets old. He loves me with a fresh love right now, 
And right now, that's old. This is new right now. That's old. This is new right now. He forgives me continually because that's God. That sets me free. That sets me free. Is anybody getting anything from this? Amen. Praise God. Freedom from the past. Philippians 3, 13 and 14. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Do you have freedom from the past? Or are you still bound to your past? That's a terrible bondage. Well, brother, if you only knew, God knows, and he loves you anyway. In fact, he knew about it before you did it. But he still loves you. But that's such a bondage to just be chained to the past. You cannot reach your future if you're chained to the past. And God has a glorious future for you if you'll be, choose to be free. Amen. And you could have two people in a prison and they both get, uh, what do you call it, a pardon. And the door is open and the guard says, you're free to go. And one guy leaves and the other guy stays in jail because that's all he knows. Well, they're both still alive, but only one is free. They're both technically free, but only one is really free. And there's a lot of Christians still in the, in the jail, in the prison of religion, of the traditions of men, of guilt, of inferiority complexes, and we could just list and list different things that keep us captive. And the more captive you are, the less effective you are in bringing glory to God and the less effective you are in reaching people with the freedom that you should be enjoying. People will be drawn to the gospel when they see people that are walking in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel. I'll say, tell me about what's going on in your life. You just look, you're always so happy. You're always so blessed. Don't you have any issues in your life? Yeah, I have issues. But God is my source, and I'm free. Let me tell you about Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Let me, uh, I got about five minutes here. Freedom to give, freedom to love, to give, to forgive, to believe, to trust, to enjoy peace. When you're free, my wife has really enjoyed this part of my freedom. I have become very generous to her. And that's a long story. I won't take the time to share it. But having been the poor missionaries and then having been poor in other different ways over the years, uh, I have gotten set free. And I just, she used to ask me about every little thing she wanted to buy, and I'd say, I don't know, and do you really need that, and all this kind of stuff. And now I just say, do it. Just buy. Amazon has a depot in my living room. <laughs> it's not that she goes crazy, but she's, I've set her free with my freedom. And t let me tell you, life is good. A blessed wife is a blessed life. And I want her blessed. That's my number one goal in life right now. I am blessing my wife. She's put up with so much over the years and then took care of me for a year, did everything. I did, couldn't leave the house or the hospital, whichever one I was in at the time. She had to do everything for me. I couldn't drive a car. I couldn't do any. I couldn't have people come over, nothing, because I didn't have an immune system. And uh, she did everything for me. And I said, Betty Kay, when I'm, when I'm well, guess what? I'll take you out to eat whenever you want. We eat out a lot. <laughs> and I don't care because I get to tag along and I get to eat too. But it's a blessing. Why? I, you're, I'm, you're looking at a free man. 
things have fallen off of me that I didn't even know were there. Worries and fears and constraints and inferiority and blah, 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 and all the things. And I had made progress in a lot of those areas, but suddenly it's like there's been a breakthrough. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Are you free? Do you want to be free? Paul says in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And he's talking about the law, but you can apply it to anything I've talked about tonight. Don't be entangled again with fear. Don't be entangled with guilt. Don't be entangled with your past. Don't be entangled with bitterness and trying to get even and get, get your way. Don't be entangled with poverty. Don't be entangled with sickness. Don't be entangled. Stand fast in the liberty. And it's a job because everybody wants to steal what you've got. They want to steal your freedom. They want to sow doubt in your heart. Do you really think God wants to bless you? You have no idea how much God wants to bless me. And here's the good deal. He wants to bless you too. And he will if you change your attitude. Amen. Praise God. God is so good, folks. And I just, I, I, this is a short message, a brief message, but I just am trying to impart into you a vision. The best ministry is one that leaves a vision, leaves a picture. And I want you to have a picture of there's more. There's more freedom. There's more blessing. There's more health. There's more of everything because God is a God of pressed down, shaken together, running over. He is doing exceedingly abundantly more than you can ask or think. He wants to make all grace abound to you. And this is where I'm living right now. And don't wake me up. I'm enjoying my life. Okay. This is a blessing to walk in true freedom. Praise God. Would you stand with me? Without, I'm not wanting to embarrass anybody, but has anybody identified some area where they might want more freedom? Okay. I think this is an ongoing process, but there can be moments like tonight when the Spirit of God can just move in your heart and break chains right now, and you can be free. And that's, let's pray for that. Amen. Let's believe God for that. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word, which is life, which is power, which is spirit. And Father, we thank you for what your spirit has revealed in our hearts tonight. And for those that feel like, I see more, I want more. I want to agree with them now in the name of Jesus that every bondage would break right now, would fall. Hearts would be set free to enjoy you and to enjoy life. That we would value our freedom more than we value the news, more than we value what the world is doing. That we would value the freedom to walk with you, to talk with you, to receive from you, to be a blessing, to be givers without fear. Freedom in our bodies. Father, I speak to those that are suffering right now, whatever it may be, and especially cancer. I rebuke that we kill the snake in the name of Jesus. And I speak freedom in bodies, freedom in hearts and minds and kidneys and livers and stomach and blood system and joints. We speak freedom now in the name of Jesus. We are taking our freedom. We're not waiting for permission. You've already given us permission. 
who the Son sets free is free indeed. And Father, we're not going to be satisfied with anything less than absolute freedom, absolute joy, absolute peace, absolute love. Hallelujah. We know that is your will and that glorifies you and we want to glorify you, Father. Praise God. Father, we thank you for the move of your spirit. We thank you for the power of your word. And we believe we receive right now in Jesus' name at least the revelation of what we're speaking about. And even for many here tonight, the actual act of being set free. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you again soon.